Hi, I'm Scott. I'm Seth. And I'm Sally. Hey. And this is Track Walking. <laughs> Tonight, we are literally spread across the country. I am up here in Michigan. Seth is in Texas. And we have Sally McNulty, who is in Arizona, and the only one of us who can currently wear a t-shirt outside. How's it going, Sally? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. <laughs> How are you guys today? Good. 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 Yeah. I had to shovel my driveway because it snowed a fair bit here, but, you know, so, Michigan things. I had to go ride motorcycles at the track, so it was a very exhausting day. Oh, my. Like <laughs> <laughs> so sally i met you at grid life uh you were doing time attack before this whole gltc thing started you've kind of been through several different chassis and then we we finally got to race each other uh in gltc but could you just give us kind of how you got into this silly sport of ours absolutely so a while ago i started up i was working at a dealership i had a friend who's into cars i've always been into cars but of course it's grown over the years of course um but i always found an interest like you know going fast and all that kind of stuff and i had a friend at a dealership and he said hey sally you want to go to a track day i think you would really like it and he had a mini cooper and i was like sure what's a track day i don't know and he showed me like some videos on youtube and he's like hey this is what we do you kind of learn how to drive like the track line and you can go faster and you know try to go late break later into a corner and of course all of what he said meant absolutely zero to me because i had no idea what he what we were doing but i signed up for this track day and i had a blast i went in my daily driver which was a uh, I don't even remember what year it is. Was I think a 2005 um, Chevy Cobalt. Um, nice. Yeah, it wasn't supercharged or anything. It it was manual though, so that was cool. Um, that was about it. Nope. And I had a really great time. I did absolutely terrible, um, but I had a great time. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to do this again. But um, I think I could go faster next time after watching some people on the sidelines and saying, hey, you know, I think, you know, I see them out there doing this and I see them out there doing that. I think I want to go back and want to try that. So uh, fast forward a little bit. I uh, started, I got my NASA competition license and I started doing more. I bought a Subaru um, because I realized that there aren't any modifications for a Chevy Cobalt. <laughs> They're hard to find. Made like a sway bar. Um, but anyway, um, I got a I got a Subaru because I saw all these people with Subarus and I was like, you know what? These cars, people can get coilovers and you can add power and you can keep brake mods and do all this stuff that I can't do with my Cobalt. So I looked for a while and I finally bought one. And I started doing time trials and people are like, you know, you're actually really quick out here. And I was like, well, thanks. You know, people are like, I think that you should try doing some time attack. So I started like competing in time attack and I went to my first event in 2013 and that was at Chuckwalla Valley Raceway with Global Time Attack. Yeah. And, uh, that's where I met my boyfriend. <laughs> 
Marcos. <laughs> As <laughs> all great love stories start at the track. Oh, yeah. I talked a lot of crap. I told him I was going to beat him before I got there and all this stuff. No, he wha- I got waxed, but it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the real winner. I walked away with him, so it was good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and I just started doing more of that. Um, trying to be faster out there. And really listening to him, he's a great teacher. He's super fast. He has records and um, just started moving up the line. And and people would always ask me, like, where are you trying to go with this? Like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, wherever it'll take me. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm having a great time. This is a fun sport. And wherever it'll take me, that's where I want to go. I'd like to be on the podium every single time. But that's what I'm really going for. So we teamed up with Snail Performance, and I drove my Subaru for years and years and years. And we were fast. It was always Marcos on first, and there was always this guy named Johnny. He had a Subaru, and he was always second, and then I was always third. And it was always (laughs) – I was always third. I was always third. But I was like, hey, I'm podium out of, like, 10 or 12 people. So I'm like, that's that's cool. I'm okay with that. And – then I got, at, I went, decided to go to a track day um, at, at Gingerman, and I was driving the, the spec fit. Yep. And then I was also co-driving with Luke McGrew. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Which blew up that day, which I'm sorry, Luke, but I wasn't driving. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but I still felt bad. Um, but I was like, putting down almost like I was just a little off of Luke's time and I had never really driven his car before. And, um, shortly after that, Renee set step aside and was like, you be interested in driving a Honda Civic. And I was like, yeah, what is it? It's got wheels. Heck yeah. I'll drive it. Heck yeah. Um, and that's kind of where that started with Honda. And now I still have the Subaru, but I've kind of progressed away from it, and now the Civic is like my main goal. So. Nice. Right. So, <laughs> when you when you started doing track days and things like that, it's it's not necessarily a standard progression to just start doing lapping days and things like that, and then progress into competition. What was it about the competition and the time attack aspect that drew you in? Mm, the competition was fun. It made me like really like work hard and learning about, hey, because in track, like if you're just doing a lapping day, you may not actually be like working towards a goal or like trying to be faster. You're just out there just running laps. But I like the competition. It was like, okay, I'm pushing myself. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work on this car. I'm going to do some modifications that I think are going to help. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to learn the line. I'm going to find out where I can push the car harder and be faster than that other guy you know and that was always my my thing is that i'm gonna be out there and try to go as fast as i possibly can and if i'm faster than somebody else sick um because i just that's what i want to do i'm going to go out there and push myself to the limit in my driver skill level and try to work on that and it worked a lot because we would sit and we would pull like our you know our youtube video or i mean our youtube but our our gopro video and we'd watch and i would sit there and watch marcos's and i'd watch mine and be like oh man i totally broke too early there so i'd go back out there and be like okay i'm gonna break later you know and and then i find the time and then that was just so rewarding because you you're seeing yourself improve being faster and, and you know 
you know, essentially being faster than other people. But the, the competition really drives you to work harder at what you're doing and striving for more. Nice. So you you drove this is this is my normal Subaru question for all Subaru owners. Um, were you a mechanic before you owned a Subaru, or did a Subaru turn you into a mechanic? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, um, um, this. How do I say this? I I have I work at a dealership, and I'm a service advisor. That's my okay. job. So I'm always out in the shop, and if I don't understand something, I'm like, "Yo, show me what you got. Show me what we're gonna be doing." So I can go back and talk to the customer, and I can be like. This is what we are doing to your car. This is it. So, and that's where I learned a lot about mechanics was, you know, cars would come in and we would look at them and we'd say, hey, it needs this, that, or whatever. And I can really translate that to a race car or me driving a race car and finding out that it's braking or I'm having problems with a car. I can actually translate that into my job. So actually me driving a Subaru and it braking did help, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually told people before, hey, you got a wheel bearing going bad. It's kind of making a humming noise. You hear that. Oh, yeah, I hear that. But, like, I know this from experience. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like that. So easy. Subarus have helped me to learn a lot because I have had to, like, fix a lot of them. The Honda doesn't. It's really good. So I probably haven't learned that much with this car. (laughs) Uh, it's a different ownership experience between the two, for sure. Between axles, wheel bearings, engines, I mean, everything. I feel like I've learned quite a bit about, I mean, I'm always learning. I'm always, you know, Marcus would be like, why are you doing it that way? That's really dumb. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't just made sit in my brain. <laughs> but, you know, that's really, it really has helped me, to be honest with you. So thank you, Subaru. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, that. The, the last Subaru that you had, uh, you wrapped it gray with, I think, stars and some other things. It was really cool looking. Flames, that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Crashed that at Bunwillow. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot. What happened there? Um, I, went, <laughs> I was on my flyer lap. I was on my fastest lap of the weekend. I was super pumped. And I was, of course, last corner. I broke late. I'm like, man, I can carry more speed through here. It'd be fine. I got out. I, I made it through the corner. But they call it, like, the Subaru corner because everybody flies off there. And, of course, I got into the dirt. I've been in that dirt pile, like, a million times. So I just stayed flat. because like, you can do that. So I was flat. I was like, no big deal. But when I came back on, I got two wheels on the pavement and two wheels on the, on the dirt. And I lost traction. And it just flew into the wall. It just went. Yeah. And I was like. But yeah, um, I was more mad that I like messed up on my flyer lap. <laughs> I was like, dang, I was going so quick. Yeah, that was my time ever. And but honestly, you know, I was I was kind of upset about it, but I was more worried because I had I knew that this was on the horizon. Like I knew I had gotten this car, and I was like, crap. Oh my gosh. I don't want people to think them to know or be or be like, hey, we just gave you this car and you just crashed your own car. <laughs> and I was like, that was my worry. And I was like, oh, man, that's kind of like makes me nervous. Yeah. But oh, it's like everybody crashes. That was like that was like one of my 
night my worry that was like they're not gonna they're gonna want to take their car back but now i mean heck pro drivers crash everybody crashes it's just part of the game it's whatever it happens what uh do you still have that car this it okay. is in my backyard and it looks like a crumpled tin can <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually i parted a lot of it out and i made quite a bit of money honestly yeah, you can make a lot of money just selling bits and pizzas. So, I had a lot of money to help me fund my race se- race season in this in 2019. Yeah. I paid a large chunk of it, honestly. So, I was like, maybe this was a good thing. <laughs> well, so you said you got your NASA license and you were doing time attack. And the, the competition aspect seems to bring a lot of energy and focus to your driving and and your motivation for doing what you do so what was it like or why make the decision to go from time attack which was something that you've got quite a bit of experience in to going wheel to wheel racing what what led you to that Mm, honda actually i i did not pursue that at all i never really thought about it honestly um, but they contacted me and like when I talked to the people behind Honda, they're like, we'd like for you to drive our car. We actually have this whole scheme. And I was like, okay, so this car is a turnkey car. You can buy it. It's like $55,000 and they deliver it to your house and you are pretty much ready to go. Besides having a race license is ready to go to TC America and TCA. They, we want to sell more of these cars, but people might be worried that the car is hard to drive. Or, or maybe, you know, wheel-to-wheel racing is difficult. We want to do, we want to take someone, and we want to take you, that has never done a wheel-to-wheel race. We want you to get a competition license. We want you to sign up for World Challenge, or which was TC America. And we want you to do an con- entire season in this car. And we know that you're probably not going to be very good at the beginning, because my first wheel-to-wheel race was a professional race. Yes. And they're probably not going to do that great, but we expect that. We, we want to see what your progression is by the end of the year. And I was like, okay, I'm down for this experiment. That's, that's a fantastic offer. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Um, it wasn't free, by the way. So if anybody thinks that my ride was free, it wasn't. I had to pay for it, but I got to use this car for free. So that yes. was about it. Um, yeah, I know you. I know you and I have have talked previously that those those TC races are quite expensive to get okay. to. But I was like, you know what? I'm never gonna get this uh, this opportunity ever again if I let this go. So I was yep. like, I, um, and my first race was at Coda, and I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> terrified. I had, I had only been to Coda once. And I'd been there in the Subaru a couple of weeks earlier, um, and but I was still nervous because I didn't get this car, and they delivered it to the race. So it was just like, hey, oh, here's the car. It's already at the racetrack. Oh you. no! Wow. Instead of qualifying, I was like, oh man, don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> so but, you didn't you didn't even set eyes, put your butt in the seat until race weekend. I had. Two days prior, about two two months previously, at two days at Button Willow in this car, but that was it. I never had at Coda before, or really, I mean, 
I, I, I'm a very like visual learner. Like I have to like touch. So it would have been better for me to kind of work on the car and then I would have been like, okay, or sit in it for a while, but I didn't get it. Like I didn't have it. It was just, I showed up a code and the car was there. I was like, sick. I was like, my, my, I, 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 I had joked about this, but it's still, still true. Was my, I had two goals for that weekend. It was don't die and don't finish last. That was it. <laughs> How'd it go? Uh, I think I finished like fourth to last or something. And um, you didn't die. And I didn't die and I didn't crash and I didn't have any problems. And, um, qualifying was in the wet. I was like, sick. I'm from Arizona. It never rains. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but had you driven been... in the wet before? Not really. Okay. Okay. I never been before. I was like, whatever, you know, Hey, and not really on slicks because, you know, I did time attack on street tires. So I was like, all right, so these tires aren't going to go right out the gate. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. There's yes. a lot to learn. Um, but I was like, you know, what? I'm, after the first race weekend, I was like, it was clear to me what I needed to do. It was like, I needed to focus on getting on a simulator. I need to focus on my race craft. I need to focus on this, this, this. I had all these like lists of things. I was like, I don't want to fail at this. I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm like, I want to go out there and I actually want to excel, you know, succeed and do this. Um, so we went to the next race was at VIR. And I think my best finish was like seventh. And I was like, nice. Yeah. I was like, still, I was still timid behind the wheel. I was still a little nervous, but I was like, you know, that's a solid like step up from going from like, what was it? Like 17th. <laughs> The seventh, I was like, I'm taking it. This is great. I was pumped. Everybody was like, you finished seventh. Great job. And I was like, no, you don't understand. This is great. <laughs> um, but then I started really getting the hang of it. And really, really, Honda's the reason why I had turned me on to wheel-to-wheel racing. I mean, I still like time attack, but man, wheel-to-wheel -wheel is just where it's at. It's so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, so we haven't gotten the chance to talk to a whole lot of drivers who have a good amount of experience in kind of both worlds, the time attack, time trial side, and wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. What, um, and I remember talking to you about this uh, the year that I was trying to figure out if I wanted to do wheel-to-wheel -wheel or time attack. What do you feel is the difference between the two disciplines um, and why have you largely decided to pursue wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing? Uh, the two big differences is that in Time Attack, you're only out there. Well, I'm going to go from if I were to drive my Subaru. My Subaru is only good for like three laps. Sure. So it is more about getting everything ready to go on that warm-up lap. You got to put that flyer down on lap one. Two is you're going to be your optimal time. It's going to be your best time to put down that fast time. You'll get one more try, but if you haven't put down your best time after three laps, you might as well get off the track. My car's overheating or it's hot. The oil up, the oil temps are through the roof. Like I just might as well get off because I'm not getting any any faster. I'm going to break the car. I'm like I'm done. So it's now done, finished, off. This car, it's you know. You want to drive the car to the limit, and the car just goes. 
I don't have to worry about reliability. I don't have to worry about the car overheating. I don't have to worry about a lot of things I would worry about in the Subaru. This car, I'm out there for 40 minutes, so I want to think about tire preservation. Wait until, you know, don't drive the wheels off of it right out the gate. But I still want to be hard on the brake, on the gas. How fast can I get on the gas? You know, that's what's true about this car is that if you are late to getting on the gas, then you're going to lose time. It's momentum. The other car had a ton of power, so that was a whole different thing. If I messed up somewhere, I could just get back on the gas and, you know, fly out of there with 560. Oh, all, all wheel drive it. Yeah, exactly. So there's a big difference. And honestly, what I love the most about this car, what I love about um, wheel to wheel is that I get to drive this car for 40 minutes. If I drove my Subaru, it'd be 10. Yeah. Yeah. But that does take and no offense to time attackers. There's some real skill for you to get on the racetrack, warm up your tires, two laps, put down a flyer, get off the racetrack and beat everybody else out of two laps. I got 40 minutes to try to put down my fastest lap time in this and in past cars and whatever. That's, that's a lot more time, yeah. but in two laps to put down a fast time, that takes some real skill and you got to be focused, ready. You can't make any mistakes. It's like, boom. So it's, it's, it's such a different, two different types of racing, but I enjoy the 40 minutes. I enjoy trying to push myself for 40 minutes. And I see that guy up there that's like, you know, 10 car lengths ahead of me and let's dwindle that into to eight, to five. Now I'm right on your bumper. Now I'm passing you. Or I remember I saw you being slow, you know, in this corner or in this sector. I know I can get you, you know, and I wait around the whole track to get you right there. It's like a lot of, you know, planning, you know, knowing that the person ahead of you is slower in certain spots because you saw them being slower here. I saw you breaking early here. I can capitalize on that and be right right next to you, ready to pass you, seeing that you're being slower here and I can get past you. And then once I do that, I'm going to move a pop, you know, through the rest of the track. I'll be, be fine. So it's like a lot of strategy, listening to your crew chief, making sure, you know, listening to what they're saying. Hey, you've got the, you know, because it's multi-class racing. So you're going to hear the, hey, you have the faster cars and, you know, TCX behind you. Make sure and watch out. So you got to be like, okay, cool. And it's like either, and it's always the luck of the draw. You're like, man, this is great. They're coming up behind me. Sometimes I can, you can jump over and catch a draft for like two seconds before they yep. leave. <laughs> you know, yep. um, I love the strategy portion of it. Okay. The fact that this car is like heavily regulated, like lots of, you know, spec wheel, spec tire, all this stuff. And we're trying to find something where we can find a, uh, a niche where we might be able to capitalize on that. Be like, you know, we're going to run this alignment setting. We think this is going to give us a little bit more out of the corners, blah, 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 blah. I, I love that kind of like tearing it down and finding it and looking through the data and find where you can be faster. I think that's, it's kind of like a, a puzzle that you need to like find. Yeah. Or solve. And the, and the whole time attack discipline too in qualifying I've, I've seen is a, is a fair, a fair bit different skill set between qualifying versus actually going into a race. Because exactly. in, in a race, you can be a little bit more patient, especially with your 40-minute races. You can be a little bit more patient. You kind of pick your opportunity where qualifying and time attack are kind of a just go. Go as fast as you can okay. right now. No, it's exactly right. So, but 
but I give it to the time attack people because that's a lot of hard work. I did it. It's difficult, especially when you have a car that breaks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like crap in between each session. You're like trying to fix something over here. Like, you know, what's going on with that? But then again, I feel like you know we have a um, we have a spare parts for this car. I think I have almost everything. Well, maybe not everything, but a lot. If something were to happen, then I have a spare, whatever, to throw at it and be like, okay, we're still good. Yeah. So. so you mentioned when you got done with your... And honestly, the, every, both of them, it's, it's a game. You know? Who can be the best prepared and ready to roll? Yeah. You mentioned when you got done with your first race that you, you said, okay, I need to work on racecraft. And then you immediately mentioned Sims with that. How... <laughs> How has sim racing and working on racecraft and that whole thing been integrated together to become a better racer without being at the track? Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It has helped me a lot. I, I honestly, I will say I do a lot of the AI races, so I'm not actually like driving with real people because I feel like driving on iRacing sometimes is just driving. <laughs> You're just going to get taken out in corner Wait. one. We, we know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I do a lot of the AI races. I have really been working on, like, being patient, racecraft. It also helps with learning a track. If you're going somewhere and you're doing a race, you don't want to be trying to work on your racecraft, learning the track and everything about the car at one time. So trying to take out some of the stuff about the in the equation to make it easier is always a help. So if you have an idea with the track, what layout is, breaking points and stuff like that, you can take that out of being, you know, how all these things you have to work on. So that's a that's a big thing that I like to do more. Also racecraft too and, you know, learning, you know, passing and where you can break late and things like that. So it definitely helps. What was so you did a season of TCA and how how do you so from the the first race you said you know you didn't finish last you didn't die so mission accomplished there um and you went into your second one at vir uh results were better how did the rest of that season end up for you where do you where do you feel like you ended up versus where you started um the season ended up with my best finish was a top five and i was really pumped with that um, yeah i will have to say this season that i signed up at I probably was the most competitive. I had, there was, there are a lot of the people who are running TCR now were running the TCA year when I was in there. Mm -hmm. And there was a 14 year old kid who was so fast, like, <laughs> so fast. He was just insane. And his name was Tyler Maxton and he was so quick. And then he went to TCR and he was so quick. And now he's still at TCR and still really fast. Um, now he's an IMSA, um, but he was just so quick, and a lot of the other drivers were really fast. And I realized that um, that I can be at that level, but there was some work that I wasn't doing that they were, and that was because I think that I was trying to do some of this like myself. And then I took some notes, and so we're we are moving that into the program for 2021. So. You know, pulling. We're spending. We're spending a little extra money getting some data thing things to collect data that maybe that we didn't have. Other people had, 
and maybe we weren't utilizing all the equipment we could be using, if that makes sense. Sure. I think that we could have had a better result, but everything's a learning. You always do better your sophomore year. I mean, it's just first year you're trying to take it all in. And, but we ended up with a top five and I was really pumped by that. That was at Watkins Glen and that is amazing. We had the, we got the hard charger award, which I was really pumped about that. The most position gained in the race. And that was like a turning point for me. I was like this, okay, I'm finally like understanding all of it. Now it's all the whole picture has been painted. I'm like, okay, this is where I need to go. And that was the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great way to end it though. No, but you know, it really set a really good tone. Um, you know, for what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to go back and do it again, but 2020 wasn't the year. I couldn't go back to back year. I just didn't have the funds. I mean, I'm sure the partners would have been there, but it was so pricey. My credit cards went through the roof and I was just like, you know, I just need need a year to relax. I really need a year to take this car and drive it to the edge and just be fast in it and now feel comfortable and, and then move forward. And so I did that, you know, we did a lot of the GLTC races. We did a lot of things, um, in the car. I did a lot of, you know, just track days in the car and we, you know, turning knobs, turning switches, working on setup, just trying to get the car to feel as best as possible. And I think that we have, we are right there. We're getting on that point. So we knew, and I had a feeling back in the middle of 2020 that I wanted to come back. So I started working on this particular program in June of last year. Like I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I, st- I just went full bore into it. I'm like, I don't care about anything else. This is all I'm going to do. This is all I'm working on. And, and so starting early was like huge. So we, we took the momentum we, I had from 2019 and we have funneling it into 2021, you know, knowing that where we could have ended up, like where we ended. And if we kept on pushing, we could have gone farther. So we're going to take that momentum and funnel it into 2021. And, and I feel like we're starting on like, you know, we're, we're just starting right where we left off. We're going to sort of kick it in the high gear and let's go. So. So you, you, you made the, the jump, like you said, from TCA and back to GLTC, not back. No. Different, different, totally. Um, what did, so you ran with, uh, you did quite a few races, uh, GLTC weekends. Yeah. What's. What was that experience between TCA and GLTC? Were there were there things you liked better about TCA? Uh, experiences gained at GLTC that would help you back there? That's a good question. Thanks. That's <laughs> okay. Um, well, I had a, this car is not competitive about the way it is. The way it is, we had to change a few things to try to be more competitive in GLTC because yep. I'm like. If I'm going to come out here and race, or at least compete, I should have, like, a somewhat competitive car. So we did a few things. We did change, like, the the clutch and whatever um, so we can make more power to make us a little bit more competitive, which I've uh, unfortunately had to change everything back now. <laughs> yep. Um, but I learned a lot going to GLTC because there's a lot more cars in GLTC than there is on track with. TC or like TC America, which now that might be wrong as of 2021, because now there's going to be three different series on this on track at the same time. But I've learned a lot from GLTC because there's a lot of cars, 
there was always passing opportunities. There was always um, all different kind of speed ratios. You have different cars. You can learn a lot. And I learned so much about getting close to people. I literally told myself at Mid-Ohio, I want to drive the entire track two to two with someone. I want to feel the most uncomfortable, but make it through and be comfortable and be okay. Yeah. I want my be in a weird situation where I have to figure it out and we're all good and you know we make it around. So I would go into like a corner two to two with someone and I wanted them to like follow me because I was like, please stay next to me, let's drive because I want to be able to take the feel comfortable outside line, inside line. I want to feel what the car is going to do. I want to be okay with that. So when I go into a situation where we are going into a start because TC America, there's like they're like. 18 cars and they all go like flooding in the corner one and it's just like someone's gonna end up over there yeah <laughs> and to feel like comfortable and so i tried to put myself in the weird situations like let's let's just you know try to break late and 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 take the or i'd even do like the whole track on the outside line i'm just gonna pretend like there's somebody there like i did a lot of practices like that and we were just trying to you know i just want to get comfortable with the car and if I had to do something or do that in a race, that it would be totally fine. Nice. And I did that at Alpine Fest, and it worked out great. I did a lot. I, I think I remember doing a lot of the track on the outside line, and then I did some of the track on the inside line, and as if I were racing someone, and then we did the race, and then I ended up top five. And I was really pumped by that because I learned a lot through doing that, that I was able to capitalize and get back on the gas faster because I knew the car was going to be just fine over to the left or in the inside or whatever. Sure. So we have, I would have to say that that's, that's the, the GLTC has helped me a ton. And now TC America has helped me a ton because there's a lot of no holes barred racing. So um, if that means they're going to you know, we get a little, we get a little touchy touchy on the side. It's going to be just fine. Yep. That's <laughs> you know? a, it's a little more accepted outside of GLTC. So, you know, and you know, that would, that learned, that taught me a lot too. It being close proximity to someone that it's okay. So I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question. But yeah. That's what I- <laughs> yeah. One night. And I'd imagine too, because GLTC uh much shorter races. Uh, so the intensity is right there from the get-go like you've got to go now you don't necessarily have the ability to wait three more laps like saddle race because i know marcos on the race like what in 2019 he'd say all the time he'd be like okay you got through this story you got two laps okay now settle in because you got to get to my little settle in because you got there's none of that you got 38 more minutes to go so settle in (laughs) i could imagine at least the um the, the race starts for GLTC are probably a little bit more important just because you have less time. But I would imagine that the the frenzy and the intensity of the GLTC starts might help you going into yeah. TCA. Because I feel like I would I almost feel like the the starting of the of GLTC might have been a little bit more harsh, should I say? Maybe or um Maybe a bra. Frenetic. Yes, yes. We <laughs> hair's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, then maybe TC America. But I think it all just goes down to the driver. So it all depends on who you got signing up, honestly. For sure. So. 
Because some people think they got to win it in corner one. And then some people are like, hey, I've been hanging back here. My tires are great. And I'm going to shoot past you while you're understeering. <laughs> Which I remember last season, uh, you had fought understeer uh, that you that you had just kind of thought, well, this is how the car is, so I'm just going to drive it the best I could. And then you had a uh, friend of the show, Tom O'Gorman, yes. dr- drive your car and give you be able to give you some feedback on what he felt like the car was doing. No, it was great. It was great because, honestly, I've never really tracked any other front-wheel drive car than this. So I figured that was just how the car was. I didn't know. You know, I'm like, mm, maybe that's how it goes. And he drove, he's like, he comes off, he's like, did you know it doesn't turn? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of turns. And I was like, uh, you know, I've made a lot of turns out there, but <laughs> he's like, no, seriously, this, there, you, you've got something going on here. You might want to work on the setup. And that was a big clue. I was like, okay. So after that, we raised the car, you know, we worked on turning some knobs. And I'm like, oh, wow. We went out for like a small like track weekend over here in Phoenix. And I was like, wow, this car is great. So my, we did like a, a TT weekend with NASA and I did a, I did my session and I came in and like the guy next to me who was like in second place, he's like, I did a 56, six. I was like, so did I. And I was like, all right, this car is doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was, Mark was like, man, it breaks great. I was like, it turns fantastic. I don't know what this is so fast time or not. Like, I don't really run anything here in Arizona because we don't really have that great of tracks. So I'm like, feels really good. I'm like really impressed. And then I was like, we looked at the time. I was like, all right, she's doing just fine. This is great. So we did a few more knob changes. Um, Tom was really nice and he sent me like his whole like setup that he did on a car on a car like this at Miller Park or was it Utah something campus? I don't remember. And I was like, great. So we kind of went by that and we started turning some knobs. We went to a test day actually a couple weeks ago at Buttonwillow with my friend Ken and Marcos. And we had tire pressure monitor sensors on here so we we could see live data on my MoTeC. And he turned us up, I went and drove, they pulled the data. They turned some knobs. I came back in, and I'm like, I really didn't like that setup change. I'm like, I didn't feel like when I was going into the truck stop, which is a turn, that the car was, like, it almost felt like it was too much. Like, I couldn't I couldn't stay flat. And so they pulled the data, and sure enough, it was cool because we were able to pull that data and say, yeah, the tire pressures actually went up in the back, which means we added more grip, which was bad. And so they turned the knobs back. It was really cool that we were able to see that by pulling this data off and then proof showing what I said, like the car doesn't feel right. So we're able to like go and adjust things and monitor the car based on like at like live data. So, and it's so nice. Like when you have an experience on track and you're like, man, it really feels like the car does this. And then I always like have to wait to look at the data and like look over Becky's shoulder and like see that's like, Okay, the data shows exactly what I'm feeling. It's like <laughs> I feel normal. If it if they don't make sense, then something's weird. They, they both go, I don't know. Could you really feel that with two clicks? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't like it because I couldn't go flat through there. I had to like bit lift barely. And he pulled it out. He's like, 
She weren't lying. The two the the pressure went up two psi in the rear. I was like, <laughs> I know what to tell you. And then we we went. He changed it back down, and they changed something else, and went out there, and I dropped like. 1.5 seconds just like just changing a few things and just he's like just try getting on the, the gas like a second faster everywhere so that was what i worked on that's what i worked on and i was like okay get back on that gas and sure enough time just dropped like that so it's really like man data is just so key so key yeah setup changes and i i think i thank tom for driving my car and telling me that it didn't turn because i probably would never know he's <laughs> He's got a fantastically sensitive butt, and he can really feel anyway. whatever car he drives. Yeah, it's great. I, I looked at his data, and we still look at it and go, okay, he did that, and you did this. So let's we can even use that information somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Now, now something uh, people might not know. So it, it, it might sound to some as if you do racing full time. Um, That's like it's your job. But it's not your job. Not my job at all. You no, are I a, all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> you are a service advisor. You have a full-time job that is not driving and racing a car. So the misconceptions of myself, <laughs> 101. Yeah, lay them out there. So people see my Instagram and they see that I'm working on cars or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And they assume that this is my full-time job. It is not. My full-time job is a service advisor at a dealership. I work one week, five days, and then the next week, six days. Um, I work seven to six every day, except for Saturday. So I work a ton of hours, but I have to say, I don't have a college education. I went to college for a short amount of time. I ran out of money. I got a job. I realized that you can make money. Um, I started working as a service advisor, realized that you can make decent money if you're good at it. And that helped me to pay for my racing. And that's what I really love. That's what I'm passionate about. So I kept doing the job. And I have hopped a few times to different dealers, but I am trying to find where I can make the most money so I can continue with my passion. Um, you know, I do have sponsors and I'm very thankful for them. But I do have to pay about 20 to 30, maybe even 40% out of my own pocket to fund this program. And I'm willing to work these hours and have that job so I can do this because it's that's, that's what feeds me. That's what makes me work harder. And I work a sales job, you know, work paid on commission. And the more you sell, the more you make. Yep. So that's part of the gig. Well, and, uh, um, oh, and, yeah, go ahead. Um, also misconception is I used to be, um, I'm still part of the team. Snell Performance is the original Time Attack team that I started with. We're still great friends, but since I started doing full-time Honda stuff, I kind of changed my name to Team Sally Racing. But previously, I was Snell Performance Sally. Biggest misconception is that I own Snell Performance. <laughs> People would call the shop nice. for me. They're like, Sally doesn't work here. They're like, what? Like, Which, no. did, did she get fired? Where'd she go? <laughs> and so, like, I would try to reach out to partners. That was a big thing in 2019. I was asking for help to drive this car, and people were like, why should we help you? You own a business. And I was like, what business? So, like, you own Snell Performance. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to tune a car. Your, your Instagram hype was too good. Apparently. So... 
Um, but yeah, lots of misconceptions. Honestly, this car, um, I'm very thankful to have it from Honda. If it wasn't for my partners and my sponsors, it wouldn't happen. I'm so grateful for them. But I have a real job, and I'm a real person. I well, have an <laughs> well, and the the third part of that too is, I mean, you've got your full time job that really helps pay the bills. You've got the racing, working on cars and transporting cars, Gosh, transporting the race car. But there's the third part that isn't talked about is uh, trying to work with your partners and sponsors, trying to get new partners and sponsors, trying to keep those relationships happy. And that is not a small bit of time and energy as well. Could you talk a little bit about that aspect of it? Absolutely. Now, I, I feel like I could talk about this for days because I'm very passionate about it. And it's something that I work really hard on, uh, you know, getting people, you know, to join my program. It's very, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, just And I'll use 2021 as an example. Um, so you have to start early. And if you're going to pitch a sponsor, um, you you need to be passionate about what you're doing. You need to be able to tell them what you're going to do. So that was like my biggest thing is that I not only have this regular full-time job that I don't talk about in real life because it's it doesn't fit well in the package, but it does. So I do talk about it sometimes, but most of the time I'm working not only my real job, but I'm working my race car job and then a social media job. So it's like having like three full-time jobs. So I work from seven to six. I show up, you know, go to work. I get off work. I come and wrench in the, in the car for until 10 o'clock at night, whatever I'm doing. And then in between there, I'm asking my boyfriend to take photos of me so we can promote our sponsors or the people who help us. So I can post on, on social media at a certain time, which is really important. So it is a very strenuous job. And like I was saying, 2021 is an example is that I started reaching out to these companies and you know, a big thing I want to tell people is if you get no's, I get 200 no's to my 10 yeses. Like don't let the no's get you down. Um, you need to tell the people what you're going to do for them. I made an entire driver deck about myself. It's a six page slide. It has my face. It says who the next slide talks about who I am. The next slide talks about what we're going to be doing. Um, the next slide says, what's my schedule. And then the next one has like a tier where you can pick tier one, two, and three. You can be my title sponsor. You can be this or you can be that, you know, and then it tells where you can get a hold of me. And I send these emails out and a lot of the times you get no response or you get no's, but sometimes you get a yes, but they can read it and they can say, this is what I'm going to get for, you know, if I help her out with these parts or if I help her out with some money or if I help her out with this, I'm going to get this. It's tangible. They can read it. It's not, well, what am I getting? It's right there. And so I try to keep track and make sure that my sponsors get exactly what they signed up for. And most of the time I try to give them more because I'm so thankful. I don't mind, but to making the post, being consistent, letting them see that you really do care. And once you become, you, you know, gain that trust from them, you become friends and then they want to help you. And then it's like a really good bond. And so that's where like Borla has been great. They're coming on for the third year in a row. I couldn't be more thankful for them. They're amazing. And, you know, they don't ask a lot from me and I try to give them 10 times what they ask because, you know, it's going to work. They, they appreciate that. And, you know, Honda, they've helped me out and, you know, that's why I pretty much like put the other car away. This is most important to me. So the biggest thing is just 
showing them how you are going to work for them and doing what you say and giving them like the best just being i want this i will do this can we be a you know can we make a partnership make it easy for them because the Essentially, those people just want to make, you're making their job easy. They like that. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they get a million, million emails and say, just say, sponsor me. But if you have this whole thing about yourself that says this, 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 and this, and I want that, can we make a partnership? It's like, wow, okay, sure. You know, make yeah. my job. I, I feel like. Question there, but. No, no, that was perfect. That answers all the questions. I had like this thing that I was going to ask you, and now I've got nothing because you answered all the <laughs> questions there. No, that's, the thing is, just be passionate about what you're doing, and the passion will show. The passion I I feel like if we had a transcript of this show up to this point, the amount of time that you have used work or hard work <laughs> would be like in the in the word cloud that would come out of that would be. Like one of the the big things that you keep talking about, where where does that drive to work hard come from? Is that something like have you always worked hard since you were a little girl, or like what? Where, uh, where does that that grit and determination to work hard come from? That's a really good question, and I've never been asked that, but it's really true. I have. I think that there was a point in my life where I wasn't in a good spot and I was young and I made some really poor decisions and I didn't really have anything and I didn't, there was a point where I had like a breakdown moment, like you're not going to be anybody if you don't work. And then I started working hard and I realized that working hard gets you pretty much anywhere you want because if you put in the passion, you put in the, the work and you have the passion to do it. The whole, that whole saying, if there's a will, there's a way. Totally true. And I've just, I started working hard and it worked and I've just never given up on it. Like, you know what? If, if you want it, you can get it. You might have to put in the time, but it's, it's going to happen. Kind of deal. When, when you were in that, that point in your life where it, it sounded like you kind of had a choice, you could either keep doing what you were doing or try something different was that voice or that bit of advice to work hard was that something you told yourself or was that something that you heard from the past from another person was somebody else like helping to guide you and encourage you at that point i <laughs> i don't i don't really i don't have any kind of backing as in like having any family backing so it was either sink or swim. Yeah. And I always wanted to be somebody. I always wanted to be some, like, be somebody and do something cool. And if I just sat around, it wasn't going to show up unless I worked hard for it. So I was like, and I worked hard for, like, one thing, and it really, really, really worked. And I was like, that's just it. What you got to do from now on? You know? Hey, you're just going to have to work hard for it. Yeah. So it was finding cars kind of like, I mean, finding time trial and stuff you're you were all of a sudden you were like yeah this i mean did you have a lot of people do that the first time they come to the track they're like their eyes are open and they're like this is my thing and i'm going to do this thing and i'm going to be in this world um was no. that you <laughs> <laughs> <Back at all. laughs> 
no, no, not at all. Honestly, I was young and I made some dumb decisions, just like not being a, you know, just being a lazy teenager. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to get anywhere in life. I don't have any money. I don't have a car. I don't have anything. And if I want to be somebody, I'm going to have to do some work for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to buckle down. And so, and this was when I was in high school. I had two jobs when I was in high school. And I was like, you know, I don't have any, you know, we didn't have anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to work for this. And I started working and I bought a car and I did this and I did that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just never going to have to give up. Just going to have to work. No one's going to hand it to me. That's for sure. Because I never got handed anything. The only way I'm going to make any money or do anything or get anywhere is by just me buckling down. Yeah, I think I think one of the things and this has been at least a year, maybe two now. I've been following you on Instagram for basically since I met you through Grid Life. And I remember one of your posts, it was in the middle of a work day for you. And you drove like 20 on your lunch break. You drove like 20 minutes to get a trailer. It took you like 15 minutes to hook it up. And then you drove back 20 minutes. And like that was your entire lunch hour. But that that like to use that amount of time that was going to help you later that night. And so it's like you're you're using these little bits of time, like almost I hope not burning it down. But it's like you're working your butt off to do this. Honestly, this goofy hobby that all of us can't stop doing. No, for sure. I think I remember that time I came home to grab the trailer because my car was somewhere and I had to go pick it up and they closed by a certain time. But if I went home um, to grab it after work, I would miss that time period. But if I just drove, went home, hooked up the truck and trailer and I left from work, I'd get there in enough time. And I was like, ran home. It was like middle of summer, I think. And I was like burning down in the heat because it was like 110. And I'm like, yo, we don't have a backup camera on our truck. So it was, you know, it's one of those bumper pulls. So it was like trying to load it, like line it up. And I did it first try. I was like, yeah, <laughs> did it. When it counted. I was like, yeah, you know, and that's just, you know, I, and I could go on and on about the experiences I've had and, you know, just keeping faith and just gonna make it, you know, there's, you know, I, when I started my 2021, I told everybody like on my plans, I'm like, I'm going to do this in 2021. Like, okay, have fun making that money. <laughs> have fun doing that. But, you know, I had faith that I was going to make it and I was going to figure it out. And I freaking did. And it's going to be fine. And, you know, that's my biggest thing is that nothing comes to you easy. If you want it hard enough, you're going to have to work for it. It's going to, you have to put in the effort. If you don't put in the effort, you're not going to get it. You're going to end up, you know, doing a half job or, you know, not getting all the way. So that's been a, big thing a big driving force behind everything I do even at work like you know I'm just pedal to the metal I put my phone down I get you know start answering phone calls writing up customers oil changes whatever you got going on you know let's get this done sure let's get you you know taken care of because I'm like I have a goal in mind like I need to do this I need to do this I need to do this I've been like so much that like I've budgeted my paycheck I'm like I can live on $150 of personal expenses a month. Like I can eat really cheap food and I'll be fine. 
all the rest of money just goes into my raising fund or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like budgeting out. I'm like, here we can make this work because, you know, it's just Marcus and I. That's it. You know, and, my friend. And some dogs. Oh, and dogs. And Carl and Leaf and Lucy. They are the best. Um, but like the first race, we're going to go to Sonoma and. Um, I thought I could get the car transported, but I'm like, I could save myself some money. So when I get off work at six o'clock at night, I'm going to have the car, truck, trailer, everything loaded up, ready to go. I'm going to drive the 13 hours right after I get off work. That'll put me there around six to 7 a.m. The gates open at 10. I'll get three hours of sleep in the truck. I'll be gold. Good Lord. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, you know what? We're keeping money in the bank for the other races because you never know if something's going to happen, that we're going to need to budget that money, like, ready to go. It saves me. Marcos can still work that day. He'll fly up on Friday. He's going to drive the car back on Monday. Like, trying to, like, schedule this all at all works because I'm stupid and I love doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm on the podium so bad. Like, I don't even care. I'll, whatever I got to do. Yeah, the, the the hunger is palpable in that garage right there. <laughs> it's like, I will have to say, I didn't have to work last Saturday, and I sat around, and I did absolutely nothing. I didn't get out of my pajamas until 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which is highly not like me, and I felt guilty all day. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice, because I was like, I haven't sat on a Saturday and done nothing in months so I was like, this is so nice. And I did, we just sat there and we, I don't even know what we watched. We actually watched TV. And um, I felt guilty all day long. And then Sunday I was like, man, I got to do a puddle in the metal, do laundry and all this crap and everything else. <laughs> but I took a Saturday off and it was like so weird. But I feel like I feel like we just heard Sally's off season was like that one day. Scott and I have been talking about off season lately and and how <laughs> short off season can be. And you got like one day and then you're back into it. And so <laughs> how 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 do you recharge? So if if you're working your job, you're working on the car, you're doing your marketing stuff, you're probably seeing your boyfriend at some point in there. Like where where does Sally time come in? Like what gives you the energy to keep doing all of this. Marcos and I, our recharge time and our special time is eating good food. I was going to ask her about Korean barbecue. That's our, that's our thing. Like we don't spend a lot of money on a lot of things, but we spend a lot of money on food. Well, not a lot of money, but we, we have made it. So we don't go out to eat Monday through Thursday. We eat at home. And we, we just eat what we have, you know, we go to the grocery store like once every two weeks and we just eat at home during that time. And, but on Friday, Saturday, or maybe Sunday, depends, we are hitting up some like one of our favorite places. Cause that's what we do. That's how we, we unwind is good food. So like one of our favorite spots is this, um, local like Hawaiian barbecue joint. It's called local style grinds. Oh my gosh. It's like so good. They're Hawaiian people who own it. They are amazing. I love them. I shouted them out on my Instagram story one time and the girl behind the counter like started following me and she's like, you're so awesome. So every time we go there, which is like once a week, she's always like, Hey, she ordered stickers. Like it was pretty sick. That's so, like, so cool. Um, you know, she doesn't know anything about racing, but she actually has a Honda Civic, which is really cool. I think that's just the coolest thing ever, but that's her 
Korean barbecue. We love Korean food. Um, so that's our that's our escape is food. That's what we do. We like nice. to eat. And, and sometimes we ride bicycles. Sometimes when we find time. <laughs> and, and when it's not 110 degrees outside, I'd assume. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's the, we ride bikes. But that, that's uh, that's about it. That's about it. Other than time, it's all grind. Marcos, my boyfriend, he's actually a manager at a Subaru dealership. He's a parts manager, so he works the same hours I do. Actually, we are on the same weekend swing. I planned nice. it that way and make it easier for race weekends and things like that. So we work the same amount of hours, and um, yeah. Nice. We are. Subarus always need parts, so uh, that should be a good, good solid business right there. <laughs> Fact. Um, so whenever we do have problems, we can get the parts cheaper. <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah, like like what's in the backyard. Yeah, yes. well, I do have my 2017 STI still. That's true. That's right. I forgot. It's not actually here right now. It's actually in NorCal with... Um, M45, it's getting a new block because it blew up. <laughs> Super things. Yeah. I don't know why people talk about them the way they do. It's weird. They take work. Well, I wanted to share an experience I had with Sally that was one of the first for me. Um, so, I, hope this, okay, I hope this is good. <laughs> so Becky, Becky's been my crew chief for several years now and her experience of going to the track and I'll try not to speak too much for her, just what she shared with me. And she often felt like the weird shadow following me around. And even when I would walk, we'd walk up to some people and they would say hi to me and would talk to me, but they wouldn't say hi to Becky. They, you know, they would barely address her or acknowledge that she was present at all. Um, and so when we knew, you know, we knew that you were going to be there. We knew a couple other women drivers were going to be there. So I made it a point to come talk to you. And you, of course, said hi to both of us. But then you and Becky started having a conversation. And <laughs> I was 100% the one that was on the outside. And, and I say this, and I say this as a great experience for me, because like in that moment, I knew exactly like, not just what she was talking about. I knew what it felt like to like, and, and not that you shouldn't have done that. Like I, I was definitely like, this is what Becky's experience of a lot of track days is like, like being ignored and the connection that you two had instantly, um, was something I, I had no part of. Um, so what, what do you feel like you have to do anything different because you are a woman in motorsports? You know, I have felt that way previously, but you know, what's funny is that I don't really feel that way when I go to the track. If I go to the track or I go to the racetrack and there are people who know me, I don't have to prove anything to them because I already know. But when I meet people or people on the internet, it is probably the worst. It's because they don't know me and they assume by the pictures or whatever I have 
that are pictures that I have out of me like working on something that it's for fake or that you weren't really driving or you that's not really your time or something like that um so yeah it's difficult until they actually like see me at the racetrack and they actually see me doing all this or they actually see that then they're like wow this person isn't for fake like a lot of the times i get you're fake you're not real you're not actually doing any of that people actually message you and tell you this oh yeah you get some real hate (laughs) oh yeah people are weird well, you know, I don't think they, they, and, and I'm not, uh, I just don't think that they have opened up their eyes enough to like realize that, you know, this can be a real thing. You know, my whole life is cars, my job, when I come home, my racing career, everything is cars. I don't do anything besides eat good food and ride, ride a bicycle here and there that doesn't involve cars. It's absolutely everything. Um, and it's, and I don't think that they've opened their mind up enough to think that, you know, I get excited when I see girls show up at the racetrack. I think that's awesome because I think that if you want to do something and you're passionate about something, freaking do it. Like that's it. Like go for it. You know, you may not be fast right out the gate, but let's, let's help you go faster. You know? Um, so yes, I have lots of people say some negative things but you know what it's going to take a lot more than some negative comments to stop me so it's okay <laughs> and most of the time i'm like if you're going to say something negative just come out of the track and hang out i think you'll probably change the tune by the end of the day <laughs> when i show up with a truck and trailer and i'm driving with, with a cop, like all co- like comments stop they're like whoa she just rolled up and she unloaded her own car and she's now on the race track and she did it all herself there's not much to say after that they're like yeah that's it yeah you know i think you know it's i don't i don't know that it's as much anymore as it used to be i feel like it's worse then i think it's gotten a lot better now and a lot of people are are into it um but there are still some negative comments and most of the time you know i've had a few friends say you know i got this person who said some really nasty things about me i'm like who cares let it go you know who cares about this keep doing what you want to do and that's that's like the biggest thing i can tell someone because you know prove them wrong show them that they're wrong you know get out there and go hit the racetrack and do your thing and you know they can eat their own words you know that's that's the thing i say so now you've worked kind of over the seasons you've worked with there have been times where you've shown up in a big truck with the team and have done uh time attack and there have been weekends where you show up by yourself in a truck towing your car and you're kind of the the one woman show that weekend (laughs) ohio was that this year (laughs) yeah yeah what's crazy event it was great but anyway go ahead (laughs) yeah no it yeah mid mid ohio was even the weather i it was a it was a weekend. It was the books for sure. Um, what's what's the difference like for you showing up by yourself doing it all versus coming in a big truck and having a team behind you? What's what are those two experiences like? That's a really loaded question. Um did did not intend it to be. <laughs> You know, I, there's, there's a lot of, 
pros and cons. There's a lot of professional teams out there who are absolutely amazing. I mean, look at the people who just run the Rolex 24 today. Wayne Taylor Racing. Those people have their game on point. They have a guy doing this and this and this and this and this, and you show up with the cars dialed. They just want you to do your job and drive. Like, that's amazing. There are pros and cons to everything. Um, showing up, Marcos and myself, he's my crew chief. He has my best interests at, best interest at heart. He knows exactly what I need to do. He's ready to pull data. He's ready to do this, you know, and he's ready to put in the work. And then whenever we win, it's, you know, or we do well, it's it's worth it because we put in the time and we put in the work and it's, you know, it's we get the result that we wanted. So I guess it just depends on how much work you want to do or how much money you want to spend. <laughs> because yeah, that's true. Team comes dollars. It's not free. You know what I mean? Yeah. You no, know, you don't get everything handed to you. So, you know, it, I guess it all depends on what kind of financial stability you have <laughs> well that and the reason i asked is um that was one experience that uh tom o'gorman mentioned in his transition from having two of his friends volunteering with him to going to a professional team where yeah all he had to do was drive and that that change was actually very difficult that it wasn't it wasn't easy, even though you've got this huge team and all this backing, that it's a very different environment between the two. Because there's there's no margin for error. It's all on you now. It's like, hey, yeah. we're perfect. It's ready to go for you. Here you go. Get in and drive, and then you make a mistake, and it's like... Perform. <laughs> you're like, ah! I mean, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, there, there's also that level of you know, pressure that you have to think about, you know, I need to perform for these people who have spent, you know, the last couple of hours working on this car, getting it ready for me, or it broke and they fixed it or whatever. I want to go out there and do a good job for them. I don't want them, you know, lay down subpar lap times and then be, why did you, you know, why are we putting all this effort into you when you're not even putting down something fast? You know, there's a lot of pressure on, on an other level of making people proud at the same time, you know, having partners and you have a lot more stress. I mean, if you're working on the car and you fixed it and you made out a very weird job, you could be like, well, I'm the crew, so I didn't drive that great well. I was also working on the car until five minutes until I got in it. So there's a, you have a little bit less, you know, stress because you're well, stress on a different level trying to get it fixed before you go back out again, you know. So yeah. it's kind of all different, different levels. So grass grass is always greener whichever side you're on <laughs> <laughs> right um i'm pretty pumped this this year 2021 we have a pre i am very pumped about our team um i have marcos as my crew chief i have hired one mechanic he he has been on a team where he crews five to six cars um a weekend by himself and he'll be crewing this one car so um i'm very excited he's very well worked uh, first in this chassis he knows it very well um, he's excellent to work with and he's very fast and he's knowledgeable so I'm excited about that I also have a photographer coming on that's going to be taking our photos and videos and and making life a little easier on myself so when we're taking you know I'm doing something taking the video so I'm not asking Marcos to do it or something so I'm trying to relieve stress off of all of us 
and we're all just going to, I want everybody to have a good time. So I'm trying to get this car prepared as much as possible. So when we show up track on track, I hope my mechanic and photographer guy are bored. I hope they're like, well, we're just going to sit around and wait. I really hope that they don't have yeah. a lot. I want us to have a good time. You know, I'll pay for your services and I want you to have a great time. And I want us to all hang out and be excited about Team Talent Racing. So no stress. That's what I'm really hoping for. No stress and have a great time. That's that's always that's always my hope for race weekends. Like everything just go to plan, flawless, like right. check the car over, just let it go. I'm trying to keep everything like that's why we're trying not to do this year was my biggest thing. No last minute garage. I don't want last minute. I don't want to things do happen last minute. That's just nature of it. But I was like big thing. I don't want to be rushing three weeks before the event or like all this stuff done. Like, I want to get the car dialed. I want the car done. That's why I want to do a test day. I had the car completely set up how it would be if we showed up to TC America. I want it to be as if we were showing up to a race, ready to roll. So even bought a spare set of, like, the P0 Pirellis that they have, that they run. I bought a um, – Kevin Bohm sold me a set of his old tires. I was like, sweet. I want to put them on the car. I mean, I bought the wheels, everything. I want the weight. I went by exactly the BOP from the end of the year in 2020. So I was like, this car is going to be just like that. It's going to be very close. It might be a little different for 2021, but it's a really good baseline. And I just want to drive and drive and drive and drive and drive it so we can feel comfortable and everything is good. So that was like my biggest thing. It's like no last minute. I want to have everything completed and ready to roll. So. Here's hoping. Huh? Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, right? But I'm really pumped. We have a great team. Everybody is super positive. Everybody is going to be, everybody is ready to rock, you know, and I just want everyone to just have smiles on their face and I want to make them all proud. That's like my biggest thing. I want to make everybody proud. I want them to be well, like, yeah, you know, excited about it. So, well, we'll miss you at GLTC for sure. I, but, uh, unfortunately, but I, it's a lot of traveling from Arizona to be doing Midwest stuff. I do. Even last this like 2021 COVID was a lot. Like I used a transport truck a lot. And yeah. I mean, we transported one time to Atlanta because we were doing a global time attack event in the STI. And I took this, the Honda at the same time. And then I got it transported from Atlanta to where did we go? Middle to Ohio. And it sat in the guy's backyard who is also a Honda guy for like two weeks. And then I went and picked it up to bring it back to mid Ohio. I borrowed um, Ben's truck and trailer, drove an hour, picked it up, went to mid Ohio, drove the race, went back and I drove another hour, dropped it off, went back to the race and then hopped in my rental, went to the airport, drove home. And then I got the car transported home. And then <laughs> I mean, then we went, and then a couple of weeks later, we went to Alpine Fest, which is 14 hours from here. So we drove from here to Alpine, did the event, drove home. I mean, it's just been like a lot of logistics. So this year, we've got seven events planned. So I feel like that is going to be, I feel like this is not going to be fine. Like only seven events? Sick. <laughs> Whatever you gotta tell yourself to get through tonight, just it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, thank you for taking the time to to talk with us a bit. 
get to know you. Uh, any shout outs you want to do? Any links and things like that? Oh, sure. So, of course, Honda Borla for being my title sponsor. And, of course, all my new partners like Stable and Doorman. I also have Quick Trick Alignment Tools, which are, is a Grid Life sponsor, which is they're super awesome. Motul and PTP Turbo Blankets. And recently, we've added on uh, Rugged Radios and Showcase Honda, which was a really big thing for me. I'm really pumped to have them on board. And um, really big shout out to Marcos for always putting up with my crap. <laughs> always um, always got to bring in the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like I, I really use all I can get out of him. So... But help me out, so that's good. Um, and then, my, of course, my new crew, which is, his name is Cricket, which his name is really Chris. And then um, Brandon, which is going to be my photographer guy. Nice. And Team America, of course. And you can follow me on Instagram at Team Sally Racing. And I could babble on for a really long time. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, thank you. Thank you again for taking the time. Thank you. Uh, we are track walking podcast. You can wow. follow us on Facebook. Wow. And... Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we talk. Yeah. We talk. It's a thing that we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at track walking podcast. Um, join the track walking chats, Facebook group where we, you know, we chat about things, talk about in-depth stuff, share experiences uh, about working hard and what we have to do to, to do this stupid hobby of ours and uh but yeah thank you and uh let us know how you like this and for the three of us here i'm scott i'm seth and i'm seth valley thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week next week